Hello, and welcome to episode six of Career at Vice. I am your host, Sean, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Ling. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. And we, over the weekend, got the chance to attend a very special game on uh, last Friday, the Blue Jays' home opener. Woohoo! Yeah, so exciting. Why is that exciting? Because this is the first Blue Jays' home opener since 2019. Mm-hmm. Since 2019. It's been a very long time. We were surrounded by 50,000 other people. Yeah. We, our so seat, many people. Yeah, our seats our seats were pretty decent. We got them for relatively cheap. Uh, we had some unhealthy food. <laughs> we had some great drinks, some great times. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, uh, a lady got punched in the face. No, she punched a police officer in oh. the face. Oh, oh, a lady punched an officer in the face? We didn't get to see it, but heard about it afterwards. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Someone sent me an article about that incident, and they asked, was this you? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you could ever punch an officer in the face? I don't think I can punch anyone in the face. <laughs> I feel like you could punch me in the face some days. No. <laughs> you, know, you never have. You never have. But I feel like, <laughs> feel like you want to sometimes. Like no, on your nerves. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> well, that was exciting. And it was a great first game. We won. We first, won first one of the season. It's supposed to be a good team. I, I know we don't know, normally talk sports, but it was it was an excellent game. It started off real crappy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were down seven zero, and then as the game progressed, we caught up. We tied before we eventually won the game. Mm-hmm. How would you compare this game to the Raptors home opener, oh, where oh. the players got their rings? Okay, I don't think you can even compare that. We were also <laughs> at the Raptors home opener after they won their championship. Mm-hmm. And that was like absolutely electric. I feel like people were crying mm-hmm. when when the Raptors came out and they did the whole speech and you know the rings were given out to people. Yeah, that that was absolutely electric. I don't think I've ever been in a crowd more exciting. But this one came close. It yeah. was very exciting. New TV too, like the big jumbotron. They replaced that. Mm-hmm. So fun. Yeah, and after two years of living under so many restrictions, right? People finally have the opportunity to yeah. go and attend an event of the scale. To be around people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we were seated beside some people who weren't wearing masks and that was incredibly frightening. <laughs> but we survived and it was fun. We got to kind of, you know, live live a normal life again. It was mm-hmm. very, very cool. And the flow of the game, you know, it started off kind of rough, went well, and before it ended. Kind of like the flow of Many jobs. Ooh. Yeah. Last week we talked, what did we talk about last week? We talked about... What matters most. Exactly. So like when you're considering a new job, the the kind of things you think about. Mm -hmm. Today's episode is one where we talk about when you should be considering moving to your next job. It kind of goes hand in hand with the last episode. Mm, Very important question. Before we get into that, uh, this is episode six, like I said... We are unofficially halfway through season one of this podcast. Mm. Why Why halfway? Why 12 episodes for season one? Do, do you have an answer to that, Link? 12 seems like a good number. <laughs> it's, it's divisible by many numbers. <laughs> yeah. One, two, three, four, and six. I, I've always liked that about the number 12. <laughs> we probably would take a break after this episode just yeah. to improve our setup. Yeah. I would love to bring some guests on mm-hmm. for the later half of the season, but we don't have a mic for them here. Yeah, we we need to we need we need to scrounge up some cash to improve <laughs> our uh, recording setup. We can support up to two two other people mm-hmm. in the room with us, so we just need to upgrade our equipment a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, like Ling said. We, you know, you've heard our voice, the two of us, for six episodes, about 40 to 50 minutes each week. Mm-hmm. It's been great being able to get these episodes out every week since the start. So it's been about a month and a half. But, you know, we're going on vacation soon. We, we could use a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. And uh, when, you, when we come back, we'll be refreshed, energized, more topics to talk about, and more people to talk with, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So We have some incredible, incredible, Friends 
and colleagues, family mm-hmm. members yeah, who yeah. are amazingly competent, intelligent. <laughs> amazingly competent. They're just so good. And we're just so excited <laughs> to bring them here so that you can listen to their stories, their career journey, what they've learned along the way and how they get to where they are today. And learn about some of their vices too. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> I'm excited. For sure. So let's get into it. Today's topic, like we said, when should you be looking for a new job? Ling, when should we be looking for a new job? This may sound silly, but I believe you should be looking for a new job or start thinking about it as soon as you start a new job. What? What? (laughs) (laughs) I, I think it's always good to be planful when it comes to your career, you mm-hmm. should always keep your resume fresh, keep your LinkedIn profile fresh, should always be looking at the job market to see what kind of jobs yeah. are out there. Are there new jobs being created for net new roles in companies mm-hmm. that you will follow, that you're interested in? You- are the skills requirement changing? You know, if, you might want to keep up to date with the talent marketplace because if you want a new job two years from now and in two years when you start looking and you realize, oh, they now want this specific skill for the role that I'm looking for, but I haven't done anything in the last two years and now I yeah. need to ramp up learning about that skill, might have already been too late. Yeah, so keeping your resume fresh, there are several reasons why you'd want to be doing that every so often like every every few months or every time you change roles one is so you don't have to do it when you start looking for another job the other is maybe an opportunity will come along and you know people will be out there headhunting and come across your profile and if it's up to date with with your most re- most relevant stuff then you know maybe they'll take an interest in you and you'll be able to find a potential new job that would pique your interest that wasn't in front of you prior to updating your resume or before starting your next gig. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I look at job postings just to see the language and the job responsibilities or skill required. Um, Some people are really great at writing job posting and I often lift some of the language that I see and like and put it on my resume or LinkedIn. Um, That's a great tip. Yeah. Yeah. Take, Take the pieces of the the postings that you like and with the pieces of information and skills that are relevant to you and insert that into your own resume if it actually is true. Mm -hmm. But then you also see sometimes these postings kind of feel (laughs) half-assed. That's totally the case. Like maybe there's an opening for your job and then the hiring manager is like, oh, I don't know, whatever, just copy whatever's already been done before. They they don't really want to lift a finger. Sometimes hiring managers put a lot of effort and you can tell, but you can also tell a low effort posting. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's also like a yellow flag for whether you should even consider this. Like if someone is just half-assing this part, Mm -hmm. what does that mean for the actual job? Right. That's a a great idea, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're a hiring manager, if this role is important, you take the time. time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I mean, when I say you should start looking as soon as you start a new job, I'm not saying, you know, being out there every day, you know, going through, you know, Indeed or these websites to look for jobs. I'm talking about, you know, once a month, Mm -hmm. once every three, four weeks, just open up the website and see what jobs people are recruiting for. Yeah. 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 You've obviously thought a lot about this. That's also one of the reasons, I guess, why we started talking. We we bonded uh, <laughs> by talking about jobs. Right. Mm-hmm. We interviewed at the same company at some point. Yeah. Unbeknownst to the other until after it happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. And uh, the first book that you recommended to me, I remember very clearly, mm. it was Jump Ship. Oh, yeah. By Josh Ship. That's right. Yeah. I like that book. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. And I read it immediately because I wanted to impress you and talk about the book. (laughs) (laughs) But I read it. It wasn't that relevant to me. It was like about 
jumping ship, like leaving your your job or your career or when you should consider doing so uh, to pursue your passion. Mm. And obviously not everyone gets to pursue their passion. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about technology, but I, I don't know if I'd necessarily say this job and the career that I have right now is my passion. Also, I apologize if you hear sirens in the background. We do live above a busy street. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was great to, to read that book mm-hmm. and get some insights about just considering when I should be leaving. And that actually did help me move the dial and just move on to the next the next the next role. Mm-hmm. But at some point in, in your role, you will maximize the learning opportunity and even if you stay for an extra six months or 12 months, you might not be picking up a lot more new skills mm-hmm. or knowledge. Yeah. And I don't think that you need to learn the job to 100% before you can make that move. If you feel like you've learned 80% of the job and you can do it well, and that if staying a little bit longer won't help you grow as a person, mm-hmm. then maybe it's a good time to consider moving if there's no new challenges being yeah. given to you. Like if if you have an excellent path upward mm-hmm. in your role and in your team and company, then, you know, you could definitely stay. New mm-hmm. challenges will be presented. Mm-hmm. You know, you could get a new title, big raises, promotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, when I talk about challenges, I don't just mean, you know, more responsibilities or new projects. Sometimes it means getting a new team member, right? Having to help onboard someone to the team and integrate Mm -hmm. them to the team could be very challenging. Yeah. Or when you have a new boss, right? Yeah. That can also be very challenging. Oh, yeah. Challenging in in both good and not Mm -hmm. so good ways. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there are times where at companies, reorg happen, um, change in mandate. All of a sudden, you are given a completely different mandate, things that you didn't, you didn't necessarily sign up for, or the reporting structure changed, right? So yeah. you now roll up into a different leadership team. So things are, you know, might be outside of your control. And, you know, since you can't really change that the only thing you can do is go look for a new opportunity that aligns more closely with what you want to do and mm-hmm. what you want to get out of in in terms of your jobs yeah so when you're taking the job much like we said in the last episode you need to consider all the factors that go into like why you might want this job or or this team or be part of this company mm-hmm. and think about what you're going to get out of it have a sense of like can i what i would i be at this company or on this team for a year, more than a year. Can mm-hmm. I see my, myself here long term? I know these days people do like to move around really easily because that's the best way to move upwards. But in some cases, you can make a really good uh, case for staying in a place. Like if you really enjoy the team, mm-hmm. if you are appreciated, if you're getting really challenging work and you're being recognized for it, mm-hmm. getting compensated well, raises yeah. often. I agree. So when, when we talk about timing... Mm-hmm. Say you're a, a student, mm-hmm. uh, upper year student uh, in university or college, or post secondary edu- uh, post secondary school. Like, what what does that timing look like? When should you be looking for the job? Especially if you're in a program where you don't have an opportunity to do a co op term or internship before. Mm-hmm. I was in a co op program, but I think this would apply to everybody. I was hired almost a year before graduation. Whoa. I signed an offer in, I think, early November for a September start date of the following year. Whoa. That is very far ahead of time. Yeah. I think a lot of applications for full-time roles uh, for the following year open up in September, even earlier if you're going for investment banking or sales and trading type role. Right. So people need to really be planful and know the cycle mm-hmm. to make sure that they don't miss out on opportunity. So if you're a fourth year student in the summer, before you even go into your fourth year, that's where you need to do all the legwork, you know, preparing for your resume, refreshing your LinkedIn, having mm-hmm. informal chats with 
people who work for companies that you might potentially want to join and then as soon as the school year starts that's when you need to be applying yeah. and interviewing yeah and if you're in tech I, I can't remember what the exact timing is because they generally run in four month kind of flows mm. you know you can apply jobs start being posted mm-hmm. beginning of the term september mm-hmm. january uh april and that would be the best time to look because most of the big places the the big tech companies that's when they're kind of looking for folks mm-hmm. the one i work at they're always kind of hiring mm-hmm. so there's there's always something to be found if you're a new grad um but like we mentioned last episode, if you're in computer science or something like that, it's always a good idea to try to go for the program that has an internship or co-op. Or even if you're graduating and you don't have that experience, don't don't let those internship or co-op terms fall fall by. Th- those might be a good way to get your foot in the door. Mm-hmm. I returned to the place where I did my internship and that helped launch my career. That's right. Yeah. So... For professional. Yeah. I think this is probably not news to anybody, but the job market is least active in the summer and before the holiday because nobody wants to work <laughs> I did, in I, the summer. I did, yeah, I've never really thought about that before. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But you did get hired and you started at your most recent job around the holiday, yeah, right? Yeah, it was like two weeks before... Before the holidays. Yeah. I remember. We were the last cohort of the year. You had a dinner party where you show up and didn't know anyone. Yeah, yeah. We, my first day was on a Monday in December and we had the company holiday party on the Wednesday that same week. Mm -hmm. And we showed up. I sat beside some of the executives on the team (laughs) that I had no idea who they were. I didn't really speak much to them, but they kind of looked at me and like, I guess we're sitting beside this guy. (laughs) (laughs) That was that was a good time. Kind of, kind of scared me when I realized who they were in the company. But hey, I, I'm close with them now. We're tight. That's awesome. We're tight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the job market is you know least active in in those periods, um, and people can probably guess. But the mm. most popular hiring months are January and February. Yeah. For I think a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um. A lot of company has their fiscal year end, you know, in October, at least for banks um, or December. So post bonus season, you know, as you can imagine, is when people make their moves, right? Like if you're unhappy, but it's already like July, August, people might stick stick around for a couple more months just to get their bonus and then and then start looking for new opportunities. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. And also, I think. You know, it's in January, a lot of people make these New Year resolution, right? I'm going to run every day. New Year, new me. And so a lot of people start to think about what they want to achieve with their job or their career. And that actually is one of the reasons why a lot of people move jobs during that time frame. What was your New Year's resolution this year? (laughs) Buy more Legos? Ooh, that is quite the vice. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've, I would say, you know, during the off, off cycle months, right? Well, okay. So January, February are the busiest months for yeah. hiring. But then at the same time, that means they are going to be the periods where the job market is most competitive because everybody know, you know, there's going to be a lot of postings and a lot of people will be applying during those times. Yep. That's when it gets competitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you said, a lot of companies have jobs posted throughout the year. And I think that's why it's always important to be on the lookout because there could be a dream job that you really want that get posted in June so just because summer yeah. months tend to be slower, if you just completely not look at the job market in those months, you could be very well missing out on mm-hmm. a great opportunity. Some sites also support setting up like alerts mm-hmm. for when jobs get posted of a specific title or from a certain company. 
So those are great things to take advantage of too. So you don't need to always be kind of actively looking for that ideal next role. You can just be alerted to it. I, I know I have some of those set up just in, informationally, just so I know when these things tend to become available, just so I can peruse, even though I'm not really necessarily actively looking for a job right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have some interesting stats. Ooh, throw them at us. I love statistics. So I've learned that most jobs are posted earlier in the week with the heaviest concentration on Tuesdays. That is... That is... Huh. Yeah. Not very yeah. intuitive, right? Yeah. That's also... Tuesday is the day with the most applications. And oh. also the day of the week when most hiring gets done. Wow. Well, why do you think that is? What happens on Monday? Are people just like, ugh, I just came out of the weekend. <laughs> I'll do it tomorrow. Is that what they think? Yeah. <laughs> I guess that is... Uh, now that I say it out loud, that is totally me. <laughs> but yeah, th- those stats came from smart recruiters who you know, is a company that powered the recruitment software for major companies in Canada and the U.S. Cool. So I, I believe in the accuracy of, uh, of, of, the, of those numbers. Very cool. So if, let's say, someone is actively looking for a new opportunity, mm-hmm. how far in advance do you think they should start? If they're actively looking for their next opportunity, they should start as soon as they realize... They want to be looking for their next opportunity. Or if you want to talk before that, like you need to, you need to think about the things that make you want to look for your next opportunity. Like, are you unhappy in your current role? What is it that's making you unhappy? Is it the team? Is it the work? Is it not challenging enough for you? What, what else could it be? If it's one of those things, if you feel like you're not getting everything you want out from, from your job, definitely consider it. it, it there's, there's no harm. Mm-hmm. There's zero harm in looking, mm-hmm. right? Based on your experience, on average, how long do you th- how long do you think it takes someone to find a job once oh. they start? Once they f- looking, that I feel like that's a very subjective question mm-hmm. and different depending on what what sector you're in, mm-hmm. because. Like if you, if I, let me, let me think if I was actively looking for a job, I feel like I could get a job from the day I start looking in less than two weeks. Wow. If I tried really hard, Mm -hmm. I think I could. That's incredible. By trying really hard, I mean like looking at a lot of postings, applying to several per day. Yeah. Wow. I don't know if you would need to apply, right? People in tech, you you just need to respond to those, uh, Unseen messages that you have on LinkedIn. Yeah, that's right. What about for you? I think I've read somewhere that for people in banking, if you are very employable, it can take anywhere from one to two months. Just because I think we move a little bit slower in the financial services industry. If someone enters the funnel for interviews, like how long does that last? Like, let's say I get it my first interview at BMO. How long does that process typically take from the first interview to when you get the offer? Mm-hmm. Excluding the search. I think normally they, you know, depending on how many applications HR or the hiring manager gets, but they need to make sure, you know, DNI is big now, right? So you yeah. need to make sure, you know, on the list well, of pe- yeah, people yeah. who get shortlisted, you True. know, they are female male people of color all of all of that Mm -hmm. have to be taken into consideration Mm -hmm. so i would say it could take up to a couple of weeks okay yeah just for that part of the process okay yeah that makes sense yeah but then of course if there's a competing offer then the employer is forced to move at a much faster speed oh yeah i'm very familiar with that Mm -hmm. there have been cases at my company where we see a really interesting individual who Mm -hmm. we would look to hire and put through our interview process, which I think takes about, about a week and a half um, that we do and expedite in like three days. Wow. Yeah. 
we've had some hires from that, some really excellent hires. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is that's pretty tiring and grueling for the team, though. It's yeah, a lot I of think interviews. so. Yeah, I think another really interesting thing that I've noticed is that from the moment the job posting goes up, normally the HR team would set an expiry date for that posting. Yeah, and some candidates very naively would think that oh i have until that date to apply Mm -hmm. but in reality as soon as applications come in and the recruiter screens those applications and they identify high quality candidates those candidates will be bring in immediately for interviews right so you could be an amazing candidate terrific fit for the team but if you wait until closer to that end date the people who got into the first wave of interview, they might have already went through three rounds of interview and the team already found someone that they like and an offer is being made before the end date. So don't sleep on those postings that you're interested in. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. Why would you sleep on that anyway? Are Mm -hmm. you on the fence? What? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So we've covered how to look for something new and when to look for something new. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, we no, we did not cover how. So let's cover how. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we talked a little bit about like keeping your resume up to date, right? Like what, what are some other things we can do to make sure our resume looks good, that it's attractive, that our profile on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. if you have LinkedIn, you know, looks good to recruiters and other people who might be looking you up or finding you through search? Mm -hmm. I think now that I've seen a lot of resumes, there's a couple of things that really stand out to me as I review applications. Yeah. So first of all, I think, I don't know if people know this, but when you put down your address on the resume, you don't need to list your apartment number. I've seen a lot of people listing, you know, their condo building oh, yeah. with a unit number, but yeah. you know, the companies don't need to know that. And actually it's better that you don't do it for your own privacy. Oh, that's a really great point. That's something I've never thought of before. I've always <laughs> I've <laughs> always put my unit number. <laughs> um I I feel like a lot of um or in banking, at least, you know, most people are encouraged to have one page resume. I've oh, seen. Pa- ideal. That is. Yes. Yeah. I agree completely. Well, for, for me, I'm okay with two pagers. Yeah. But yes. Please go on. If someone submits a three page oh. resume, I am oh. so sorry, but we have yeah. on average seven seconds. That's what I've heard from some recruiters. Yeah. Seven seconds to look at a resume. Yeah. And I don't think I can flip through three pages PDF. Yeah. Ain't, ain't nobody going to spend the time going through that. Well, unless you're the actual recruiter. I, I have many strong opinions about how people should be build, building their resumes for tech. There have been some cases where I've been added to an interview loop or a candidate gets put in front of me and their resume is like six or seven pages long. Oh my God. Because they do a lot of consulting work or just a lot of, uh, a lot of, not part-time, but contract gigs. And mm-hmm. they just like add every single role from the last 10 years. Um, and yeah, a lot of times ideal. the information gets repeated, right? Because yeah, it doesn't definitely. matter how yeah, many gigs you do, yeah. like you use the same skill sets. Yeah, I, I, I don't really care if you've worked for six months at company A and then six months at company B that is almost exactly the same where you had the exact same job. Like you can co- totally condense that into the most recent job. Mm-hmm. I think the worst one that I've seen was 18 pages long. And I wasn't the hiring manager for that role. Wow. And we hired that person and they were not very good. That is so absolutely the, yeah. insane. The length matters. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's about the quality of the mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when I see a resume that's longer than a page, immediately yeah. I think this person does not know how to articulate. Yeah. Have, have there been any resumes that you saw and you're like, oh, no. But it was just like so, so poorly done. It was entertaining. 
No. Oh, <laughs> wow. I, I have a lot of examples, but I have one that like makes me makes me kind of chuckle every time I think about it. Do you want to hear about it? For sure. It had so the first page was just a full page <laughs> photo of this. Person. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> the second page was a word cloud. Oh. <laughs> In the center of this cloud was a person's name. And all the words surrounding <laughs> it that were relevant to their career thus far. It was like technology, <laughs> Microsoft Word, uh, C++, Java, this, that, and the other. Just like filling the page. Hilarious. And the wow. third page, <laughs> it keeps going. The third page, they had like a sidebar. This is where their actual resume started. But they had a sidebar mm -hmm. that kind of listed out all of their skills and it was stuff like uh, Microsoft Word proficiency, uh, Excel proficiency, sp uh, speaking ability, that kind of stuff. <laughs> okay. There, were, there was one that said Adobe Photoshop skills. And they gave themselves four to five stars. Oh, this person was rating themselves. Yes, they were giving themselves <laughs> a, a rating. And it wasn't even the same for all the ratings. Some of them were like out of five stars. Some mm -hmm. of them were like a bar that was filling up. Oh, no. <laughs> and this person for Adobe Photoshop gave them four to five stars. But the problem was that, like, all the other lines of stars above and below weren't even lined up. Ah, uh, that's so awful. <laughs> they were like, yeah, they were misaligned. One of them was, like, angled. Oh, oh, oh it's just oh. cringy. <laughs> oh, it makes me laugh every time. Oh, wow. And I'm sorry, if you have if you have a resume like that, please change it. <laughs> It's funny you mentioned it's not the length or the the quantity. It's the quality that matters. 100%. And I want to talk about this common mistake that I see a lot in resumes, which is people focusing so much on the what on their resume mm. instead of the how. Okay. As a hiring manager, I, I don't need to know all the tasks that you completed in your job. I want to hear about the impact. Yeah. 100%. Right? Like, how how have you changed a process? How have you made it better? How have you partnered up with your stakeholders mm -hmm. to deliver something? Not that you ran a report for the last three years. Yeah. The same report every day. Not that you conducted some analysis on a topic and... And then that's it. Like they, yeah. they would say conduct an analysis on whatever data. And then I'm sitting here just thinking for what and yeah. how was it used and what was the result? Yeah, 100%. The impact is hugely important, mm -hmm. especially on our side or also on our side. Yeah. You know, you, I want to hear about the things that you've built and like, what is it doing? Like, mm -hmm. have you scaled it? Like if you've built something from scratch that, you know, handles a million transactions in a day mm -hmm. without breaking that has a 99.9% .9 uptime. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, if, yeah. if you're the one who actually built that um, and you can talk about it at length when we have our initial conversation, uh, you know, to, within reason, if you're under an NDA or something, that's, that's really great. That's the kind of thing that really attracts me mm -hmm. and other recruiters and hiring managers. Yeah. The best part or the funny part is when at the top of the resume where people normally have a profile section talking about their strengths. Yeah. And you see things like teamwork, collaboration, relationship management. And underneath, when they talk about their experience, all the bullet, bullet points are individual tasks. So I'm just sitting here <laughs> also thinking, how do you develop those collaboration skills when all you telling me you do is sitting in front of your computer crunching numbers? Well, at the end of every day, this person, you know, puts that data into an into an email and then <laughs> sends that off to several individuals who are like, got it. Thank you. That's teamwork right there. <laughs> that's excellent <laughs> communication skills. Yeah. No, that's sarcasm that I'm that I'm using. It's not. Um, and then I think a lot of people waste the opportunity to tailor their resume to match the job description yeah i understand that you have you know a template for your resume but if you really want a job 
you really need to take the time to tailor it. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, do the work for me. Do the work for the recruiter, the rehiring manager. Don't just make me sit here looking at your resume and the job posting and try to connect the dots. Yeah. We have seven seconds. Help us understand why you are a great fit and look at the job description. What are we looking for? And help us see how the work that you've done prepare you for the role that we are hiring. Yeah. Sometimes you don't even see the buzzwords that the job posting has in the resume. And to me, that's such a waste of time to even apply because a lot of companies now use software to scan resume. And of course, what, they, what are they scanning for? The buzzwords in the job description. So if you don't even have those things in your resume, it won't get picked up yeah. by the system and therefore no recruiter will be looking at it. Preach. <laughs> I feel very strongly about this topic. <laughs> <laughs> very passionate. I like it. I like it. There was something I was going to say. Oh, yeah. Something I did in the past that I, I guess I still do is around tailoring your resume. What you, what you can do is just like have a master copy with mm -hmm. all of the potentially relevant jobs and um, tasks and levels of impact for each role. And then depending on the company and the, the job that you're applying for, scale it down. Mm -hmm. Remove the stuff that is less relevant for that role. Mm -hmm. That way you can have a more concise thing. You don't need to actually do all that much work to, to tailor something to the role. Mm -hmm. You just remove some stuff that they probably won't care about. Mm -hmm. Easy. That's a great tip. Here's another thing Ooh. that I see a lot. And I don't know if you see this in your world, but at the bottom of the resume, people always have a section called others where they highlight some of their hobbies and interest. And I like cars. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> um, That's actually on my resume. A lot of people <laughs> say their hobbies are running, walking, cooking, and traveling. And it's almost like, you know, those dating profiles. Who doesn't like traveling? I, I, I don't know a few people who don't <laughs> like traveling, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't understand how that would differentiate you or how that would help elevate your profile and make an impression with the recruiter or the hiring manager. That's fair. And, you know, at the end of the day, you're looking for a job, right? And then, so I, I think maybe focusing on your passion, but more at a professional level. So if you'd want to say, I'm very passionate about the employee experience, or I'm very passionate about gender equality, and you know I've been doing volunteer work, volunteer work in this space or that space. That kind of helped me paint a picture of of who you are as a person more than just the experience. Instead of oh, okay, this person likes to travel and cook, and so does twenty three hundred applications that we have <laughs> on our hand. Yeah. That's a really great point. Plus, you can yeah save that space for something relevant. Mm -hmm. I have a thought exercise, though. How can we massage, I like long walks on the beach, <laughs> to be relevant <laughs> within a resume? Hmm. hmm. Maybe I'll leave that with you, listeners. Please chime in. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, use, use that space wisely to let your personality and passion shine and so for me, I would put down, I am a podcast host because I'm very hey. passionate about career development and personal growth. Bam. I, I guess I'd do the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing I also want to share with, with folks is that a lot of companies have internal HR site and you should take the time to complete your profile on that internal site. Mm. The reason is because I think a lot of reporting team or analytics analytics team in the bank or financial services companies does data scraping to identify internal talent. Yeah. So if you fill up that profile, you, your profile might come up when companies try to fill internal, like, you know, try to fill roles with internal talent. Yeah. Um, so don't, don't waste that. Don't sleep on that. That's opportunity. A, that's an excellent tip for larger companies. Mm -hmm. If you're in a smaller company, the same thing goes for LinkedIn, right? Mm. Keep the keep the profile up to date. Subscribe to some some groups and technologies that mm. you're interested in or that you would 
like to work in or continue working in, go to meetups, mm-hmm. add that stuff to your profile, make sure your bio, kind of like that short paragraph at the top is up to date. Mm-hmm. That's a, kind of the most you can do. The yeah. rest will, will come to you. Yeah. Pretty much. I think with LinkedIn, I have some thoughts around the headline. Oh. A lot of people say the title and then the company name. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure if that really conveys a lot for someone to look at it and are not very familiar with the company or the st- or, or the reporting structure in that company. Okay, that's and fair. I mean, just a thought. I wonder if it's better to say, you I know, like I like long walks. <laughs> 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 sorry, sorry. Um, or you know, highlight your experience, right? Like experienced professional in banking or people leader. Or whatever those three or four things that describe you as a professional. I don't know if that's better than just putting a title um, and then company's name. That's fair. Food for thought. Mm -hmm. Again, for tech, I think probably better to keep your title. Mm. But yeah, because when, when you are looking for people in LinkedIn to hire... There is a whole suite of tools available to recruiters and and managers who pay for like the LinkedIn headhunter whatever tier subscription. It's mm. like one hundred fifty dollars a month, and you can like kind of bulk search for keywords in titles and profiles. So that could have an effect on whether you appear there. But I think that is still really valid. That's that's a good point. That will definitely make you stand out, especially if you're in a in a role that is pretty uh, pretty full with people. Mm. And the headshot. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. That's a very important one. Pay for one. Mm-hmm. Get one done professionally. Yeah. You know, don't go all out. Don't spend $2,000 for a headshot. Mm-hmm. A couple hundred bucks, right? Yeah, I think right. like you can get it done for less than $200, depending yeah. on where you go. But it's you know, the first impression that recruiter or others will have of you professionally. Yeah. And I think it's it's worth the investment. Yeah. And definitely do not use the recent fad of like the pixelated NFT version of your face that is going around. That's not helpful. I don't know if you've seen those, but that's mm. kind of everywhere in my world right now. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I don't know what people look like on Slack anymore. They're all just using the pixelated NFTs. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, a lot of really excellent tips. I Before we leave this, this topic, you know, I, I want to talk a tiny bit more about what we can use LinkedIn for, right? Obviously, yeah. it's a platform for professional to connect. Mm-hmm. So on that connection piece, I think, you know, I know a lot of people have people on LinkedIn that are in their network but that they've never spoken to or oh, yeah. interacted with. Don't, don't sleep on those connections. You know, if there are companies that you're interested in working at, you can reach out and ask people for a coffee chat. Mm-hmm. Don't don't wait till you need a connection to build out your connection or network. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that goes for your connections at work. Yeah. But th- those people you have on LinkedIn, that's, that's a great point. I think I need to do that more. Mm. How often do you do that? I I feel like <laughs> I'm on the receiving end. Every two, three weeks, <laughs> nice. I get an email from <laughs> a recent grad or someone who's doing, you know, going to university and in the same program that I've had and they ask for a coffee chat and those are always really fun um, to mm-hmm. be able to give back or pay it forward. Um, I I've, I've definitely have reached out to people in my network just to learn a bit more about their company's culture um, to see if it's something I want to consider or explore. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I can also be doing more in that space. That's fair. That's fair. Still a really good tip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really good tips overall for jumping ship. Yeah. So why don't we talk now about the best part of the show? Just kidding. Not the best part, but the most fun part of the show, mm-hmm. the vice. Ooh, the vice. What is the vice for this week? We 
we kind of hinted at it at one point <laughs> earlier on, but it's Lego. Ooh. We really love Lego. Yes, we do. But that's interesting because this is like a pandemic hobby that we picked up. Mm-hmm, right? This mm-hmm. wasn't something we did together, or built together or that you started doing until the pandemic happened. And you're just kind of sitting at home like, what do we do with our hands? What do we do? Mm-hmm. You know, we have a lot of Lego sets these days. We do. I think we have at least 10 sets that are just sitting in our closet waiting to be built. <laughs> that are unbuilt. Yeah, that's right. We have like the Friends set set. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a set, two sets from the Friends show. Mm-hmm. We have some Harry Potter stuff. We got some Lego Star Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what's really funny for me? What's when that? we, whenever we go into a Lego store, yeah. right? Yeah, Most yeah. of the time it's like parents with their kids. And the kids are begging their parents to buy them things. And I'm just standing there and be like, I can buy all these sets whoa, for myself. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I don't need to ask <laughs> for anyone's permission. Well, I mean. <laughs> I mean, okay, maybe not all of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can have whatever you want. Yeah. Within reason. Within reason. There's a, there's a few sets that we really want to get. Oh, my gosh. But we just don't have space. Yeah, that's, to display that's a big thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't want to just build something and put it away. I want to build it and display it. I, when, when we have a bigger home, mm-hmm. I want a Lego room. Yeah. It's the room where you you build and display all the Lego. That would be amazing. Goals. Yeah. House that, goals right there. What is the biggest set that we have? That we have? Oh, I, uh, Diagon Alley mm-hmm. from Harry mm-hmm. Potter. It's like four relatively large buildings. It was mm-hmm. about 6,000 pieces. It's pretty expensive. We Have we finished building that? I don't think so. Because that comes in like, you can build one building at a time. I think we've only built three out of four. Yeah. Right? But yeah. it's pretty awesome. And it it's is. also sitting in uh, in my parents' house because we don't have room for it here. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite set that we have? That we have? If not that one. Yeah, it's probably that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that one is very, very cool. It's very intricate. Yeah. There's a lot of, it's like, a lot of Easter eggs to the, the movies and the books in there. Mm, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. What about yours? I feel like I really like the Friends, the sets, the two sets that we have from the show Friends. Mm-hmm. I, I really want to build them. One is the coffee shop, Central Park. Yeah. And the other one is the apartments. The coffee house. That's right. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, but then again, you know, space is an issue. I'm not sure where I will be displaying I'm, them. I'm trying to think. Yeah. I don't know if we have that much space, mm-hmm. but yeah, they're, they're expensive though. Yeah, they are. It they really are adds expensive. up. It's, I don't know if you want like a, how, how much was Diagon Alley? That was like almost $500. Yeah, I think so. And it never goes on sale. No. Not those big ones anyway, the hard to get ones. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So you really got a budget. You have to make sure all your other ducks are, are in a row before you splurge on something like a Lego, big Lego set. Sometimes they have really good promotion though, right? If you buy, I guess they do. if you spend oh, over yeah, yeah. a certain number of, you know. Yeah. Sometimes it's like if you, if, yeah, if you spend a hundred bucks, mm-hmm. get like an extra set for free. Yeah. I, I, they gave like, uh, a Harry Potter Lego book. Mm-hmm. That was cool. That was awesome. Yeah. I just love the feeling of, you know, building something with my own hands yeah. and being able to just look at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that That's that's very fulfilling. Yeah. It's a very cool hobby, very expensive. <laughs> yeah. What set do we not own that you would love to have, aside from Friends? Millennial Falcon. Millennium Definitely. Falcon. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that that would be mine. Yeah, ATAT also just came mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. but that's like that's like a thousand dollars. Yeah, that is really same expensive. with the Millennium Falcon. I also really like the Cinderella Castle. That one's also really expensive. For World, yep. Yeah, that's about four hundred dollars. Yeah. Gosh, so there's cool. the Adidas, the shoes. The shoe. That yeah. one's so cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, and the, the box that it comes in is like the Adidas sneaker box. Yeah. Oh, my God. That one's incredible. There's some Super Mario. 
Yeah, the, there's One's some sets there that like turn on. There's one that's like the old NES system that you crank on an mm. old school Lego yeah. TV you build and it just kind of scrolls the World 1 Level 1 by. That one's really slick. That yeah. one looks great. Yeah, it's really cool. My gosh. If you're into Lego, you're cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also wonder how people display their Lego sets and how do they protect them? Because it can get pretty dusty. That's true. Right? Yeah. If Some of them get real bad. Yeah. Yeah. If you have tips, send them our way. <laughs> We'd love to know how to better protect our Lego sets from dust and keep them clean. Yeah. But I think that'll do it for today's episode. Oh, wow. Yeah. Time really flew. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you talk about something we're passionate about, like jumping ship. Jumping ship. I've right. been at my role for like almost five years now at this point, though. So it's uh, still really great things to think about. The job search is always ongoing. Mm-hmm. But like we said at the start of the episode, we will be taking a break for a little bit. This is going to be the last episode for, for a short while, but we will hopefully be back soon, better than ever, with some new folks to talk to. Mm-hmm. So don't forget to hit that subscribe button so yeah. that you will get notification when we upload our new episode. Yeah, because we don't know when it is yet. It's going to be soon. This isn't the last you've heard from us, mm-hmm. for sure. We love doing this, and we spent a lot of money doing so, so we're going to continue. <laughs> if you have any suggestions for topics that we should be covering, yeah, please also send them our way at... Info at careeradvice.com. Mm-hmm. Or connect with us on our Discord channel. Yep, you can, you can get to our Discord through careeradvice.com or .ca. The link is right in there. Just scroll down a bit. You can see pictures of our, well, Ling's lovely fla- face and my face. <laughs> Your lovely face. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. Thank you very much. I hope you have an excellent rest of month, and we will talk to you later. This has been Career, Career Advice. Advice. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.